Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Now, I want you to tell me how you are without telling me that you're busy. I'm like squiddly diddly spinning plates. That sounds quite busy to me. (laughs) And my brain is fried today, so if you can get a coherent sentence out of me... That will be um, one for the records, I don't know. Well, that's fantastic news, Mr. Squiddly Diddly. Um, And how are you? Yes, I'm also relatively squiddly diddly. Um, Not going to use the B word, but yes, I'm ticking along, which is lovely. And uh, we've had a a bit of a shorter game to play this week, haven't we? Which has uh, coincided with our squiddly diddly lifestyles. We've uh... (laughs) Just a couple of squiddly diddlies. That's right, a couple of squid words. So, this week we've been playing Virtual Fighter 4 on the, well, for the PS2. So, Virtual Fighter 4 came out in 2002. It has a position of number 79 on our list with a score of 94 uh, on Metacritic. So, it was developed by Sega AM2 and is obviously part of the, uh, the relatively famous Virtual Fighter gaming series. So, firstly, what is your history with this game slash series, please? The only thing that I can think of is a very loose connection in that I have played the Shemu games and I've played the Yakuza games. And I know that originally Shemu was supposed to be um, Virtua Fighter RPG and it's made by the same creator, Yu Suzuki. And because of that the the fighting style in that game is similar to that of Virtua Fighter um but I've never played well I might have done but I don't have any recollection of having played um a Virtua Fighter game so I am coming in as a a novice uh, to this game how about you okay so I I was aware that um it, it's got its its links with Shenmue but I've not got much history with the series, but I have mentioned a few times when we've brought this up on the podcast that this was the first ever PS2 game that I played. It came, I think it came bundled with my PS2 when I got it in 2001 or two. That well, it would have been 2002 or three because the game came out in 02. So this was the first ever PS2 game I played. I, I was still playing PS1 games on my PS2 at the time. I remember I was going through a playthrough of Final Fantasy IX, which we've uh, we've covered on the podcast quite early on. But yeah, this was my first experience of Next Generation at the time, which, I mean, when you think of the step up between PS1 and PS2, it was a pretty big, big step, really. And we'll, we'll come on to the look of this game a little bit later. But this was a good-looking PS2 game, I think. It, it Definitely. It certainly stands out. But yeah, we, we've mentioned before that you and me have both got a bit of history here and there with with arcade fighters like Tekken or with Street Fighter or Streets of Rage. And this certainly isn't the uh, the only arcade fighter on the list. We've covered a few already and we, we've still got a few to go. But in terms of the 
the story or what you do in this game. Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown of that? Because obviously the Tekken series is quite story heavy, whereas Virtua Fighter isn't as much, is it? No, and I did read through this. Um, so basically, this is the fourth tournament of Virtua Fighter, uh, hence the name. And you are invited, well, the characters are invited to enter the tournament and they all enter for their different reasons um, by some group called the Something Six. Um, can't remember what they're called. <laughs> and uh, basically every single character have their own story and ultimately within the arcade mode there are 15 fights plus a final fight with something whose name begins with M. And the stealth, the stealthy boy. Yeah, and it's sort of a, um, a character without any skin or anything. It's yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, and uh, that's the final fight. Um, and I think along the way they're trying to find a perfect form um, for this uh, final character so that it can be the ultimate fighter or something mm. um but that's really my limited knowledge of the plot for this game yeah to be honest with you this is one of those games that you just play it for the gameplay i didn't even know there was a story with this game and i've played it before but that isn't really the reason that you go to arcade fighters is it i mean it's the... really strange um in in a couple of the fighting games that we've played for this list if you go on to wikipedia there are plots um, for them, but nowhere within the game itself that I can find is it mentioned. Mm. So I, I don't know if it's a, it's just something that was in the instruction manual or something. Maybe. Um, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. It's quite possible to be fair, because you think about how detailed and how much effort went into games manuals back in the day. They were pretty, they were pretty special. I I loved reading instruction manuals um, for games. It would it would be the first thing I'd do. I'd read the back of the box, then I'd get home and I'd read the instruction manual, and then finally, once I'd teased myself, I'd uh, play the actual game. Yeah, that um, they, they, they don't exist anymore, and I, I don't know, you know, how many of our listeners are particularly younger than us. I imagine that most of the people listening to this podcast are within a, f- a few years. Um, of our age kind of uh we're early 30s so i don't know how many people that listening to this are younger but i'm sure you're all aware that games used to come with like an instruction manual but they were full-on little booklets weren't they it wasn't just a you know a couple of pieces of paper i remember the the um the instruction booklet for metal gear solid on the ps1 i've still got it and it gives you a rundown and information on all of the characters it gives you a backstory of all of them same with final fantasy 7 and all instruction manuals and stuff like that—they're just online now, aren't they? It's rare that you get a uh, a physical game with uh, with a, a, an instruction booklet in, to my knowledge, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. And I always, the sign of a good game um, back in the day was they had a color instruction manual. Yeah, because it shows that they were willing to spend the Vice money City. On the and it's it's true that many games um, they included elements of their plot or information on items or characters in the instruction manual. And sometimes the only place to find that information would be in the, in the instruction manual. And I think um, we, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, about getting older and about how 
we have less and less time for things and this is kind of the age of the impatient gamer and uh, I think even if they did print full colour detailed manuals they kind of go a bit to waste in the modern day so I can understand why they, they don't really do it anymore. I certainly wouldn't read them anymore probably. Yeah. We, we, we've both said before that we we don't have time for that kind of stuff anymore and it, it I find it irritating when a game doesn't respect my time because um, you know as adults we've got a lot to do but we've, we've gone on a bit of a tangent there um, about something tangent. that may or may not be in the instruction manual for Virtual Fighter 4 um, but in the instruction manual uh, depending what is in there you'll probably find out about the different game modes so we've we've mentioned arcade there but there's a lot of emphasis on the training modes in this game, isn't there? Did you dabble with that at all? Yeah. No, I didn't. But I did hear um, that these are the very best training modes in any in any fighting game. Yeah. And for beginners, um, it's probably the, the perfect way to play. But actually, I, I found this game quite easy to pick up anyway. Um, very much so compared to the other fighting games on the list. But having that extensive, exhaustive training mode i mean it's only a good thing and yeah. i think accessibility to these games is uh i think is one of the aims of this game and i think it really sets it apart from other fighting games well there, there, there's a full encyclopedia effectively um on on the training modes but there's also another mode which is worth mentioning which uh, allows you to train up an ai did you did you look into that at all um i tried to but it said something along the lines of um, load data, there is no data to load. So I was a bit confused, and then I opted out. Fair enough. The um, the version of this game, it gives you an opportunity to effectively train up an AI so that you could start arcade fights with a stronger opponent or a weaker opponent, so you could tailor the game to what you wanted, which I don't think I've ever heard of another game doing. There probably is, but not one that comes to mind unless you can think of any. Um, the only thing that it kind of reminds me of is, I think we talked about it in the Resident Evil 4 episode, where um, as you play through that game, it judges the amount of deaths that you've had, the amount of time you spend doing things, um, the amount of health that you've lost, and the difficulty adapts to the way you play. And I think it was a really novel th thing for that game, and I think it's a very novel thing here. And I think, again, it's, it's a great feature. Um, that's, that sets it apart from other fighting games. Yeah, it's it's certainly... Well, it, it's, it's a conversation, isn't it? And it's like I say, it's rare that you find that in games. And with you saying Resident Evil 4, I can't think of any other games that offer that kind of thing, really. Obviously, there are, there are some out there. But I think it's quite a cool feature that if you really delve into the bones of this game you can get quite a lot out of it. And I think particularly for people that are big into arcade fighters, it's probably, you know, something that will make this a high tier game. If we talk about gameplay as king, we have our two, two sections here. So the first question is, is this game fun? Yeah, I think so. Um, this is the most fun that I've had playing a fighting game on this list so far. It's not an exercise in frustration. It's very easy to pick up and play. Um, but um, I was reading a retrospective on this game and, and the depth that this game has uh, is really quite unbelievable and um, 
the the retrospective that I read, which was on Eurogamer, said that this game was like chess to every other fighting game's checkers, and every single character's move set is um, tailored. And if you're using one character, it doesn't mean that they're going to be. I mean. You have tiers of characters in most fighting games, so you always have the good characters or the quick characters. Um, but Virtual Fighter 4 doesn't really have that, and it's very, very, very well balanced. And th this retrospective was great because um, at the beginning, there's this famous story with Yu Suzuki, and he was having a conversation. I think he was out drinking or having a meal with um, the director or creator of the Dead or Alive series. And there are echoes the, of that series in this game, 100%. Yeah, and, and, and the creator of the Dead or Alive series said to Yu Suzuki, um, what is it that makes the Virtual Fighter games great? And apparently Yu Suzuki then went on to tell him um, a number of things, but he withheld all the important things that make the game magic. And I think that's just a really great story. It's one of those, I mean, I don't know if it's true. Um, I like to believe that it is. But it's one of those uh, stories about gaming. Um, you get a lot of them about Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah. Um, that really, I don't know, make it more, more than just um, polygons and kind of a bit like there's an element of magic that goes in there. Yeah, of course. It's, I mean, f for me to, to look at this game, it's a bit more difficult than it is for you because of the amount of nostalgia I have for it and probably over probably most what of the are your memories of this game just out of curiosity because i remember playing with the training yeah i mean i remember playing with the training mode a lot when i was younger and i remember playing through the arcade i wasn't very good at it because we've established that i'm not particularly good at games anyway but i remember playing with um akira a lot who he kind of seems to be the default character doesn't he yeah. but it, it was funny because I remember when you and me were talking about this game the other day, we were talking about how it's got, you know, um, land changing physics. Like if you go through the snow, it leaves a trail and you didn't really see many games doing that in 2002, which made it stand out. And I remembered that straight away. And as soon as I turned this game on, the music just came back to me. And I didn't expect it to. And like the the main menu, I was like, oh man, I remember this so clearly now. But it was one of those memories that was maybe locked away. Yeah. And for me, talking about this game is probably more nostalgia filled than a lot of other games on this list. Even some of my favorite games that we've covered, just because it was my first experience into the PS2, you know, it was a that's, brand new console that I got. age as well. Yeah, it was a brand new console that I got out of the box. It was mine, and this was my first game on it. And I think that's quite special. So it's yeah, hard definitely. for me to be particularly objective about this game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think those memories that you have of things, those sometimes you can't recreate an experience, but those I have it with San Andreas. That, that first time playing San Andreas was just really special to me. And I I don't think I could ever recreate that however hard I tried. And you've got to hang on to those memories because um, those moments don't come along very often. Um, so although, yes, you, as you say, it's hard to be objective. 
sometimes the nostalgia is worth more in a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because by no means, this isn't one of my favourite games ever or anything like that. But it holds a a particular place for me, which some of my favourite games don't even hold that kind of pedestal, I suppose. But there are a lot of elements to this game that make it good. But what is your favourite move or what's your favourite thing to do in this game, would you say? I, I like the grappling in this game. It seems to be, again streamlined but also complex compared to other games mm. and every every character's got their grapples but again if this game's a lot about rhythm and obviously if you're a big blundering character then you've got a really heavy grapple that does a lot of damage but grappling here is just fun and it's a, a button press away and um as as a fan of wrestling games i appreciated that um a lot of this game feels good to play. Um, so there's, I'm not... Yeah, it, it, it's a broad spectrum for me. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. How about you? For, for me, the most satisfying thing in this game is getting a ring out. I was going to say ring outs. Mm. That's interesting. It's... I mean, you could, you could say different fighting moves or whatever, but you and me aren't particularly in on the technical side of things or doing particular moves and putting in particular button combos. So for me, it was always satisfying to get a ring out. And it reminds me a, a little bit of another game that we've got coming up on the list, Soul Calibur. Because if I remember correctly with Soul Calibur, it's the case that you can get someone on a ring out and then you fall down to another tier of the of the arena or something love, like that. I love fighting games that do that. It is cool. And it was the same for, um, for Injustice, I think. Yeah. I've not played was. that game for a while. But like, like what you were saying just there, that you can get good with a particular character it's not it's not cookie cutter and what you saying that reminds me of injustice because i always wanted to be really good with i think i might have mentioned it before in this podcast i always wanted to be good as batman or as superman or the flash but i was i was crap with those characters and the only character i could play on that game was wonder woman which to be fair there are worse it's pretty cool heroes to be um, but I've just never really been that much of a follower of Wonder Woman, so I was a bit like, uh, okay. But there are a couple of characters on this game that I was okay as, because I, I played um, a few rounds with most of them. But we'll get onto the characters shortly. So what do you think of the look and the aesthetic of this game? I said that this game stands out as a PS2 game, but where would you stand on that? So I booted the game up, started playing, and... This game, especially if you haven't played it before, tricks you into thinking it's newer than it is. And I genuinely thought this was late um, PS2 lifecycle game because it looks really, really good. Um, just the detail in the character models and uh, yeah, they're, they're very, very detailed. And they they even, I'd go as far as saying they have a look of um, sort of early 360 about them. Yes. They just look really nice. They're a bit shiny. Uh, which is kind of a look of that era. And every character is very, very detailed. So yeah, the character models look great. And if they were to ever remaster this game, I don't think it will have aged a day. The backdrops look less good, yeah. um, but they still look nice. And there's a, there's a nice art style to them. There's a lot of moving parts. Moving parts is important in the background of a fighting game. And a lot of Japanese settings, which I really like. And um, quite varied settings as well. And as you said, 
one of the things that really impressed me is uh, I suppose the interactivity of these environments you've got ring outs but you've got kind of um, wooden edges of the stage and you can kick opponents through them and stuff and you've got the uh, terrain deformation which is so if you're in snow the snow deforms under your feet if you're in sand the sand deforms under your feet if you're on the the setting which is covered in leaves the leaves are kicked around as you're moving around the arena which is very very cool it's um just full of these small touches and really nicely animated probably one of the better looking ps2 games and yeah it would have been intriguing to see what they could have done with a late life cycle ps2 game because this was really impressive and it, it came out around launch time so yeah, yeah it's very impressive well the virtual fighter games are still going today and I, i've not played any of the newer ones but I, I'm, I'm interested to know what they look like um i think it's five and then there's variations of five i don't think six is out yet but it's coming out isn't it i think i don't know if it's been announced or not but mm. it's, it's um it's one of those long rumored things i think yeah yeah one of the things that uh, makes me laugh about this game as well is because it's obviously it's Sega, it's a Japanese game, and you mentioned there are Japanese, um, you know, arenas on this game. The emphasis is very Japanese, but you've obviously got your your token American characters in this game, and the voice acting for the American characters made me laugh, just because of how stereotypically, like, how stereotypically American it is in what you always assume an American will sound like in a Japanese game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, all the, the memory. They sound like cartoon is, characters. I, I showed you the, um, the clips from Shenmue of the, uh, some of the characters in that, didn't I? With the uh, yeah. Western voiceover. It's shockingly bad. And uh, this wasn't quite on that level, but it just reminds me a bit of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth a mention because it is funny. Um, so the question of the week, I think you and me quite enjoyed this game compared to some of the other ones that we've played on this list. Um, those being uh, Tekken 3, we've played Street Fighter. Um, have we played any other arcade fighters? Um, I think that's it. Yeah, so we, we've played two so far. And obviously they're both a little bit older than this game. But why do you think that this game in particular is here on the list? Because um, you've got Street Fighter 4 upcoming and then you've got Soul Calibur 2 upcoming as well. Why do you think this one's here? Because this isn't a massive series when you compare it to Street Fighter and, and Tekken. So what, what, why do you think that is? Um, I think it's... Um... A fighter's fighting game whereas things like Street Fighter and to a slightly lesser extent Tekken really broke into the mainstream whereas Virtua Fighter most definitely didn't if you look at the sales numbers um, but according to many fighting fans it's a very very elegant fighting game and I, I kind of wonder why it didn't break into the mainstream because it does have that accessibility that other fighting games don't have mm. but I suppose it doesn't have the history quite so much uh, so uh, I think it's very difficult to say with fighting games why one is there over another fighting game um, I mean there are no Mortal Kombat games on this list again they've got a huge history 
very very famous fighting games and really a style of their own um what i can say is that i think i prefer virtual fighter being there than the other entries in the fighting game genre that we've Same. played so far yeah um it 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 feels a bit more i don't know polished um elegant and to use that analogy again um it is it feels like chess to other games checkers but i am by no means a a fighting game aficionado so this is kind of a layman's perspective of it um but one of the other aspects when we when we look at these games is that we kind of look at um what's out there in terms of retrospectives videos on youtube um often if it's a very very big game then you'll have countless people making videos about how uh, good it is or, or looking back at it in 2022 um, there just aren't that many videos on this game it's kind of a bit under the radar there are some articles about it as I said and um, it does have its fan base but it's a, it's a more uh, subtle entry than, than the other ones and I, I also wonder if the art style it's not got Street Fighter 2's art style that really punchy kind of comic-y look um, so maybe that sort of went against it even though it does look so good um i don't know um what do you think i agree with you on what you say there but i also throw into the hat my usual um thoughts on these reviews that i feel it was very polished for the time that it came out so people scored it very high and therefore it made it onto the list for the time because it was new, it was shiny, it was polished. But obviously there's been things that have come out since then that have, you know, that, that have eclipsed it. But that being said, it still does stand out 20 years after it came out, which is, you know, it's not to be sniffed at. But I, I agree with you. There's a polish to this game and it feels a lot tighter and particularly it feels a lot beginner, a lot more beginner friendly, which... Tekken does to some extent, but Street Fighter, Street Fighter doesn't. Like Street Fighter's hard, yeah. and that's for you know that's for pro gamers really. Street Fighter, unless you like sadism. Um, but yeah, there's there's a polish to this game, and there's an accessibility option which isn't there for a lot of others. So it makes it easier to pick up and play. I think, which is super important, and I'm glad that there's that element for it. We mentioned a moment ago that you can get good with different characters and you know there's there's a roster i think it was, it's about 11 or 12 fighters were were there any that you enjoyed using the most or ones that you you gravitated to or played more as well the character that i completed the arcade mode with um <laughs> i picked accidentally because i went into the character menu and i think i was trying to back out of the character menu again and i pressed triangle but that selected the character which was sarah and sarah bryant yeah and i completed the arcade mode with her and she was really good actually to use um and i also tried wolf which is the wrestler yeah and i tried i think his name is pronounced kahe yeah the uh, the ninja guy yes um yeah he was very quick and um fun to use as well and i did try a couple of others as well um tried akira as well um, he was very slow to me, but yeah, I, I tried a few of them and 
she stood out as the best well-rounded character for me. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, I played a little bit of Sarah, and Sarah's good. I I completed this. I completed the arcade mode twice. Um, this time around, playing the first time as Akira, just because he's kind of the default, and he's who I played as when I was younger. So I was like, let's get a nostalgia hit. Uh, but the other one was Shundi. You know that really old man that's got the um, yeah, got the little bottles. Yeah. Um, I played through as him as well, uh, and I, I I played through um, as a few other characters. Um, I can't remember Sarah's brother's name now, um, but you've got Sarah and her brother. Another one that I played as was is uh, what's he called? Lion. Did you play as Lion at all? No. So Lion was. Um, I'm just thinking of of, uh, of King from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know He's what you mean. Lion, though, is he? Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> he he was all right, but yeah, I, I played around with most of them. Uh, but th- those are the three that stand out. Is his surname Face? Is his what? <laughs> is his surname Face? <laughs> no, it isn't. Lion Face. <laughs> No, that's incorrect. For goodness sake. I'm trying to run a professional outfit here. And Do you remember the uh, lion hat that we had at university? I remember. <laughs> there's the lion hat and then there's that little puppet that I used to keep called Billy. The creep. Brilliant. But enough it's got about up rails. It, it, in, in stories. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I mean... That kind of brings us to our conclusion. So I think you and me both looked on this game quite favourably. So do you think this game deserves its place on the list? Um, Number 79. So a couple of points before I summarise. Um, have you looked at um, any of the professionals play this game? No. It's really interesting because if you watch professionals playing Street Fighter or Tekken, it's all about the combos. But if you watch professionals playing um, Virtual Fighter 4, it's kind of like a counter game, and they're always countering each other, and it's um, a very interesting sort of cat-and-mouse thing. And uh, it just struck me how different that style of gameplay is. Um, so there was that. And um, I can't remember what the other thing was. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I think... Um, one of the things that I was missing, and I think I've mentioned this before in, in, in episodes about fighting games, is more of a dedicated sort of campaign mode um, where you can pick a character. And I know that there's a, there's a version of this game called Virtua Fighter Evolution that yeah. kind of adds that in, this RPG mode. Um, so I kind of would have, would have liked to see that and play as that. Um, but as far as does it deserve to be on the list um, I think it deserves to be there more than the other two games that we've played I also there are probably other fighting games that I think do deserve to be on the list that aren't on the list it's funny because I, I, I want to ask you another question in a second um, but modern day fighting games don't seem to make it onto the Metacritic list 
and I wonder why that is. Uh, which leads me to a quick question for you, which is why? Um, what's changed about modern fighting games, and why do we not see them enter the list in the same way that we did back then? Um, I think I mean I've I've not played any I've I've not played any modern fighting games really. But you mentioned Infamous. Um, Injustice. I played a lot of that as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Injustice. Yeah, and I've played a lot of that as well. And yeah, um, I think Injustice. The reason that I played that was because it was quite an early game that came out in the PlayStation 4's life cycle, and it was superhero. So that was probably the reason why I played it. But I think. They were probably featured more heavily in you know top 100 lists back in the day a bit because they were still relatively new and shiny because they were just coming over from arcade machines, which really is ideally the place you play these games just for, I don't know, it just feels a lot more genuine playing it on, on a big arcade. But I think because it was new, it was novel, and you look at how far particularly Virtual Fighters come since the first Virtual Fighter, it is impressive and... I think when they made the the jump from arcade machines over to, to console, it was something quite special because beforehand you'd just have to go to an arcade to play these games with your friends. But now you could do things like couch co-op and stuff. Well, couch versus mode, which was quite a new thing. It was quite a novel thing, particularly for two-player games just in general in the 90s and noughties, you know? So yeah, I think that might definitely. be why. I don't know what you think about that. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I do think that is the popularity has declined. And I think you're right. For many people, going to the arcades was about playing fighting games. So they were one of the earliest games to kind of enter into the console space. And it was the mark of a good console if it could uh, run a fighting game. But I feel like other genres have kind of overtaken... And I'm not really sure how they would reclaim that sort of crown that they once had, if they ever will. Uh, it's just interesting to think about. But uh, so, so, so to, to summarise how I feel, I think it does deserve to be there. I like it. I think I'd put it towards the end of the list. And I think it's more deserving of its place than the other games that we've played so far. Now, as to how it stands compared to the final two we've got to play, which are... Street Fighter 4 and Soul Calibur. Is it Soul Calibur 1 or 2? I think it's Soul Calibur 2. Soul Calibur 2. I've heard that's very, very good, so I'll be interested to play that one. Um, yeah, I don't know how it will stack up to those, but yeah, I'd say it deserves its place. It kind of slips in towards the end of the list for me. That's fair. I, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I, I do like this game, and I'd be... I mean, I, I thought that Tekken 2 deserved to be on the list over Tekken 3, but I'd probably put this game and Tekken 3 relatively close to each other. Maybe I'd put Virtual Fighter at number 80 and Tekken 3 at number 90 or 95. Uh, as for Street Fighter, it wasn't really my thing. I didn't enjoy it that much. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that it deserves to be here and it's probably in, in and around the right area. So I'm, I'm, I'm content with it being here, but that's coming from a man who is nostalgic for this game. So yeah... So I guess that's it. We, Me and Dan discussed just before we started recording that we've only got 30 games left out of the top 100, which is mad. 
it's still going to take us a while to get through. 30 is a lot of games, and we've got some quite big ones in the list. But we're having a break next week, and then we've got an episode coming out the week after. So what's the next game that we've got coming out, please? So I will reveal the next two games. So we've got a two-week break, as you mentioned, and uh, on the second week, the game that will be coming out is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. So a return to the Tony Hawk series after playing 2 and 3. So any fans of those games or extreme sports, check that one out. And then two weeks after that one um, will be a very big episode of a very large game that has recently come out as a remaster, um, Chrono Cross. So yeah, two pretty big games coming up. Um, yeah, looking yeah, forward to it. We're, we're taking a couple of breaks in between those two episodes just because we've, uh, we've put out quite a few recently and uh, I know you're going away for a little break, aren't you? Yes, swindy diddly. Um, and and we just don't want to spoil you too much. Um, you know, we've got to keep you on your toes, audience. So <laughs> But yeah, you've but had to, a lot to... of strategy games recently and you you gotta enjoy those. Exactly. Um but yeah, we've got a couple of good episodes coming up for you, so that'll be exciting. But in the meantime, if you want to find us on social media, find us at the Long Short of It podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can email us at the long short of it podcast at hotmail.com. Um, and if you you know you want to check out our back catalogue of the last you know seventy games, then uh, feel free. We're on all the good places you get your your podcasts. And if you'd like to rate us slash subscribe slash follow, then it would be greatly appreciated. But that's pretty much all from me for today. Is there anything else from yourself? No, that's it from me. Very good. Well, we'll see you in two weeks' time for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.